and we are live, and I want to welcome everybody to this episode, this edition. I always say this episode, this edition of the I Want to Believe radio show, also known as the uh, Unrestricted Paranormal Show. Um, if you look at your banner down below, everybody, if you've just tuned in live here on uh, YouTube, the YouTubes where you're watching us, you'll see my network. Uh, my network is www.unrest.tv, you know, unrest, rxtd, paranormal.com. I'm going to give that to you one more time, www.unrest, okay, unrest, rxtd, paranormal.com. Uh, you'll be able to hear the audio adventure that you're pretty much seeing tonight. If you miss anything, you'll be able to hear this again on Unrestricted Radio, unrestrictedradio.com. You'll be able to hear this on Saturday and Sunday night. I post it up there anywhere between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. This depends on how long the Big Dog Show goes on Saturday and, and Sunday. And um, I've got a guest with me that I've been wanting to talk to for a while. Uh, as you all know, uh, following this program in its many forms, that I, I am real big into Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever Native American name you want to throw out. It, 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 this thing exists across cultures. Uh, multiplexed across the world, if you will. And um, I had always wanted to look into some things here. And when I talk to this guest, I got some interesting things to share with him. Um, and uh, so we have Blake Deutscher with us. And uh, Blake is the founder of the Lost Cryptids Conservatory. And I came across him just simply by accident. I, I had been looking to talk to quite a few different uh, individuals here, um, you know, about uh, this this uh cryptid thing uh but blake welcome to the show glad you're here yeah thank you for having me hey no problem and and we 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 work to put this together folks i want you to know that between wind damage uh us bouncing and playing phone tag and and back and forth we made it happen i was getting a little worried because yeah. i really wanted to talk to you i really did um i had uh, as i said i had had some interest in in uh, cryptids, not just the Bigfoot, you know, dog, man. I mean, it goes across the scale. Uh, when you get into paranormal as I am, it's not, I'm not just about the ghost thing. I'm, I'm across the board with everything, but I have some friends, Blake, who have had some encounters. Um, my friend, Bob Penny is in the weird Michigan book. I don't know if you're aware of that book, but uh, they encountered something on silver road just outside of Vicksburg, in between Vicksburg and Menden. And not just a few years after all that went down. I mean, it, it was more than a few years. Um, I'm on that same road, and I'm coming in from Coldwater, Michigan, and I come down through Menden. A lot of people watching and listening won't know what I'm talking about, but Blake probably gets where I'm talking about. Yeah. And as I'm, I'm turning onto Silver Lake Road to come back down through Vicksburg, um, it's just getting right around sunset. I can still see sun's going down. Um, I turn off of M60 there. I'm, I'm on Silver Lake, and I look to my left. There's a there's a farm that sits to my right, and then he's got a field there, and he's got a field on the left. And as I look to my left, I see this large black object. I mean, at a good distance, and it's it's massive, and it's standing there, and it's kind of it's kind of swaying. It's like in the corner where it's back in the trees. So had I not really intently, I don't know what it was, but something told me to look to the left. And as I made my turn and I look, and I'm, I'm, I'm slowed down to about a good two to maybe three miles an hour taking that turn, um, I see him standing there swaying. And so I'm looking, and I realize I start to cross the yellow line, so i got to pay attention to what I'm doing. So 
you know, I get back over, I go down, I turn around, I come back. And as I come back, he's gone. Whatever I saw out there is gone. Now, this was in August. Nobody's going to be out there in a big giant coat, a big black coat. Um, no. The best that I can, I can tell you, Blake, is that, um, you know, I put my thumb up and did, you know, I did the ratio to see against trees and certain things in the background to try to gauge a size. Because I, you know how people are when they, eh, I was nine foot tall and that kind of thing. But uh, same area. I couldn't see any face details, but it was massive. Um, and I'll share another one with you as we get in the show, because I want to give you the opportunity to talk. Obviously, yeah, you're yeah, on the show. So so um, yeah, tell yeah. us about, about yourself and how you mm -hmm. got this cryptid thing started. Well, um, being a young kid, uh, being fascinated with uh, the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, and Bigfoot, of course, uh, the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, began reading books, watching TV shows and stuff with my dad. Uh, and, uh, he had introduced me, of course, to the Patterson film and, uh, oh, yeah. about, uh, you know, the age of 13, I started a little bit before that, started going in the woods. Uh, but at 13, um, I had my first encounter, uh, with, uh, with a Sasquatch. Um, basically I was going out by myself in the middle of the night and this was, uh, springtime. And uh, it was either half a moon or full moon. It was very bright out. Uh, but I had a set routine. I, I would basically walk my side yard and get my eyes adjusted to the darkness so then I could see better. And then I would head to this across the road and into a heavier chunk of uh, woods and right. continue my, my search. Uh, this particular night, I, I didn't go into my side woods. I skipped over to across the road and then I headed down to a, a gravel pit and then I would circle around and uh continue on but <clears throat> i uh, cross the road i continue to parallel the road and i i'm listening and i'm walking and all of a sudden i hear uh some movement across across the road this would have been in my side yard you know a little right. side chunk of woods and stuff and uh i just started out and stuff so i'm thinking oh you know it's an animal whatever and uh, i continue to walk about another uh, 20 yards and i i hear it again and so uh, this time I'm thinking, well, you know, it's probably deer. You know, there's lots of deer. I've jumped dozens of animals. I've been chased by a skunk and stuff a few times. So I'm thinking, you know, it's just another critter, you know, just normal normal activity. Uh, and so I walk a couple more paces, and then uh, uh, I come down to a, to a little uh, edge of a hill, and uh, all of a sudden I hear just a burst of commotion. And I, I could hear it come down the embankment, mm -hmm. and it uh, got onto the dirt road, and it crossed the road in three steps, bipedally. Uh, and then I, for a split second, there was no sound. And then all of a sudden, I heard it splash and land into the, uh, the flood of the thicket of the ditch and dash towards me. It was... And it stopped about, you know, about 30 feet away. And uh, that happened extremely fast um in that moment it was very slow but uh i was frozen because uh i could hear it cross the road bipedally and as fast as it was and as massive as it was it was moving the thicket uh it uh <laughs> it, it just froze me and yeah. so I, I was I'm, I'm staring trying to stare at this i don't see anything but i'm staring right at it and uh 
you know, me and him or it, it stare at each other for about two minutes and uh, the longest two minutes of my life. I uh, decided that, you know, I have to get back to my house. So I, <laughs> yeah, know, I rather turned, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Turned and walked and circled around and got back to my house and did. And uh, about after about two months of not going into the woods and being kind of freaked <laughs> out, I, I decided to go back out there and started my real research and I've uh, been doing it ever since. That's quite the story. And that, and as I said, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about because had I not, something told me, like I said, to look left. And, you know, that's why I, I crossed the yellow line when I realized that I'd slowed down, but I, I was not aware of, you know what I mean? I didn't care about oncoming traffic. I was mesmerized by what I was watching. And it, like you said, it seemed like it was forever. I, I can see it like it's yesterday. And it affected me the same way, too. And, uh, yeah, I know what you mean, man. Now, is this property this happened on when you were little? Is that somewhere over where you live now? Or is that some other place in Michigan? Uh, some other place and stuff. It was Honestly, it could be anywhere in rural America. Uh, there's nothing special. There's no wilderness mountain areas around here in lower Michigan. Uh, it's a pretty unique uh, area for them to thrive in and how they, they operate and stuff. But, uh, you know, I started a Lost Cryptids Conservatory about uh, three years ago. And um, I decided to uh, stop doing the solo stuff and kind of work with other researchers here in Michigan and kind of start my own group and have researchers join and. Right. And so we did that and started uh, doing on expeditions and all, all sorts of stuff. And, you know, from the stuff that I researched by myself and stuff that we found coming together, uh, Michigan is a very popular state with Bigfoot. Uh, yep. The population here is very dense, very massive. Uh, every single county in Michigan has sightings. Uh, there is very over true. 1,800 reports, and it's growing daily and stuff. All sorts of reports, all sorts of activities, all sorts of situations and different behaviors and stuff is reported. And right. uh, in places that you wouldn't expect, next to cities and suburbs and very oh, yeah. close yeah. to high population densities in Michigan. Yeah, um, and that's why I asked about location when you, were, when you were younger, when you had your experience, because I wasn't trying to say that it doesn't happen here, because it does. I mean, there's stuff that's going, it's going on around us all the time. I, I get, I, I believe you and I get exactly what you're saying. I just wondered, had there been reports in your area that you were aware of, you know, after you started doing research or if it's Southern, because I, I myself, just to tell everybody and be very transparent that, um, you know, I, it happens everywhere, as you said, but I myself think like you do that Michigan is full of it. Uh, the Ojibwe people talk about it quite, you know, for years, uh, let alone the Potawatomi and everybody else. But, um, that's all I was asking about location. I didn't, I didn't want you to say like, yeah, it's in Battle Creek or it's in Kalamazoo because Kalamazoo County's had reports <laughs> like, you know, uh, Allegan, which I saw you do a winter camp. Um, I've talked to some people who've had some run-ins up there, uh, as well. Oh, my little light died. Let me turn on my background light. So got a little spooky there for a second, didn't it? Yeah. Um, um, so, you know, I'm with you. I, and, and. I was on a trip uh, to visit a friend last June. I'm going to save it for a little later in the show. But I will tell you that, um, according to him, and he works some areas up there in Gaylord, around the Gaylord, Michigan area, uh, there's some stuff that I witnessed. And I have some pictures to send to you. 
that I think that you'll find pretty, pretty interesting, pretty strange stuff. But right. so you started the, you started the, the cryptid conservatory. I mean, are you, are you strictly focused on, you know, the Sasquatch phenomenon or are you, you kind of like with Dogman, you're all over the place with this thing, any cryptid? Yeah, any cryptid that uh, is out there, you know, whatever's out there, you know, we're going to film. And uh, we've, right. uh, you know, I've experienced a few different cryptids uh, before starting the Lost Cryptids. And after, I've seen uh, orbs of the woods uh, alongside of Bigfoot activity. Uh, the same areas, we're not saying it is Bigfoot, but uh, we have, I have definitely witnessed orbs along with other members seeing orbs fly around. And, right. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I have encountered uh, a dog man. I have a dog man encounter, which was uh, two years ago in, in October. Uh, but uh, before that, on the same property where my first Bigfoot encounter happened, I I encountered with my best friend a weird type of uh, entity like the rake or a uh, super skinny humanoid type of uh, entity, a goblin type of creature, a ghoul. Uh, uh, very similar to like a uh, Gollum from Lord of the Rings. You know, he's always after the ring, and he's very skinny and lanky. And yeah, stuff. right. So this, so exactly the same kind of look. Uh, so long story short, um, my friend spent the night and stuff, and I'm taking him out in the woods, and I and I'm doing my stuff without telling him that you know we're doing Bigfoot and looking for stuff, but uh, hanging out in the woods and stuff. But we get back to my house, and um, we're gonna go back out to the uh, cow pasture which would have been on the opposite side in the backyard and uh, we cross the fence and stuff and uh, all of a sudden uh, I, I get this feeling and I'm looking at this uh, broken tree and stuff so it's kind of broken and it's about six foot tall where the, the, the trunk snapped off and I'm, I'm looking at it and for some reason it didn't look right and um, after glancing at it and looking and glancing back at it all of a sudden we kind of noticed that uh, there's a humanoid head that bounced down and then uh, peeked out and was looking at us. And, you know, I snapped and let my friend know and we're looking at it. And, and so it kind of goes in and it comes out and stuff and it does that a few times. And then it comes out uh, a lot. And you can see, I can see its arms, the full length all the way down to its, about its hand. And it was completely bald. Uh, it had a yellowish tan, eye tint was i wouldn't say glowing or anything but uh it, it had yellowish tannish um type of eyes going on and it was a uh, brownish very skinny humanoid uh, in fact when i countered it uh I, I nicknamed it the stick man because it's its whole arm was so skinny it was it was like seeing like a wrist like yeah. that thickness like yeah. a, you know being a teenager with pump with hormones at the time if i had to get in fight with the creature uh, it was so skinny like i could break its arms over my knees like a stick uh but yet it was it was about seven foot tall it was at least six foot tall but it was probably it was taller than me i'm six foot tall and um my friend got freaked out didn't want to have nothing to do with it and so we went back inside and told my dad and you know we're all freaking and, out and stuff and, and how'd we, your dad we, react to this i mean what did he do um well, there's two things. Yeah, he, he went out there, and he came back, and he said uh, he didn't see nothing. He told us to go back upstairs, uh, which I know I had <laughs> right. seen stuff, and right. my friend had seen right. stuff. But a right. couple of years later, my dad had said, 
hey, you remember that stick man you had seen? And then he, he, he laid down the real story, which was he did go out there and he went to the uh, edge of the fence row and we, we were past it. He, he went to the edge of it and he was staring at the, uh, the spot. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, he's drinking a beer. He's smoking a cigarette. He's kind of old school, no nonsense kind of guy. And uh, he's seen the creature and <clears throat> the creature started doing the same kind of movement, tree peeking. And then it, he said it really came out and he got a really good look at it. And he said it was uh, very tall, very skinny. He didn't get no vibes from it, nothing like that, you know. You know, he said, like, it reminds him of, like, a tall gray alien. You know, it's a long, tall, skinny, humanoid yeah, yeah. type of thing. And uh, so he's like, okay. And so he turns around, and he walks to the house. And then he, then he's contemplating, you know, what, what should I do? Should I come back at, like, out there with a shotgun? You know, should I confront this thing, you know? We had just kind of moved to the property. Uh, my mom had just died and stuff. You know, my brother's five years younger. My dad works pretty much all day, comes home. It's kind of dark out. Right. So not only, you know, is Bigfoot around and I'm at all of this and stuff like that, you know, he made this decision to say that there's nothing there. And so uh, not to freak us out. And and uh, so, so he lied and stuff. But uh, he did witness it and stuff. And... Uh, uh, that was it was really freaky and stuff. So, uh, you know, it, it didn't to me. It wasn't a Bigfoot. If it was a Bigfoot, it would be like a Holocaust victim, skinny version of a Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. hairless. Yeah. You know, I just I just can't see how it would be even live and stuff. You know, that's that's how it looked. You know, if it was well, a Bigfoot, I've... it looked extremely too skinny to survive. Right. I've, I've often been, well, not often. I, I am a believer, Blake, that there are many creatures that live around us in the woods and many who haven't been, you know, cryptid wise, they haven't been identified. And, you know, I, I would never want to stretch to tell people that they're like this mystical thing or some of this other stuff, because, you know, that gets in a whole, that gets in a whole nother territory when you talk, you know, about that type of thing. But, you know, the, as I said, you have to go back to ancient peoples and native Americans in and around our areas in North America that had, they see this stuff all the time. It's, it's in their oral history. Uh, some of it, if they, you know, if they had done paintings on cave walls and different things, you see some of this weird stuff and what you're describing there. I've talked to people who've seen something very similar and when they were younger. So, you know, it's passed off that uh, someone like your father who told you, no, uh, but I understand his reasoning behind that because I had an incident, yeah. which my daughter was a partial witness to, and I didn't want to scare her out of her wits, you know? Um, so, you know, at the time I told her something different. Now she knows the real story, but um, I understand that. But I, I am such a believer that, and myself being in the woods, you know, I had taken summer jobs where I worked out at the Michigan State, Re, uh, Michigan State Research Forest, and we would have to cut, recut the trails and we would work the rivers, and a lot of us were, me and a couple of the guys that were out at that time, love to explore. So we're getting in the creek, we're going off trail. We're, I mean, we were in some deep woods, and you would hear things and see things that just didn't seem right, you know. And, of course, you tell a, an adult or tell somebody they, you know how they are, uh, some people who either don't want to frighten you or they're frightened or they lack any kind of thought outside of, outside the box. Um, I guess in a long-winded way, I'm just telling you I get it. Because I, 
you know, I, I just think there's so many different things out there that we just don't know about. Um, and we, when we get into the Sasquatch talk, you know, I, I can go even deeper than that, but that's an amazing thing. You know, I, I'm like you, man. I, I think there's so many people like you and I, that we've had encounters with strange things. And this is what has driven us forward to do what we're doing. You know, the spirit aspect for me has been that I've been sensitive and I remember having things at four and five, you know, seeing people that weren't there and, and then, you know. I got the show's not about me, but as I, I just want to, I'm trying to bridge a, a connection with us here, right. <laughs> one man to another here, that I've had strange things like that happen to me too. I've seen UFOs. I've seen what I think, you know, two, two run-ins with something, uh, which I guess you could say it might be Sasquatch, but I wasn't willing to say that. But um, it's an interesting field that you're in. You know, I talked to an individual um, who was on my show a couple years ago. Um, and he's now kind of drawn a book and he's, he has the stuff about PCB and all the stuff that, and you might know who this is. I'm not going to mention his name, but he, you know, he's got a whole story where he encountered like a family and, uh, you know, uh, right here in West Michigan. So it's kind of a weird, I say lower Michigan area. And then I tried talking to some of the BFRO people. And I, I don't want to give them a bad rap, but, you know, I, I think listening to the differences of opinions, and it, it, I, you know, Blake, are interesting to me because right. I've also had the Olympic Project folks on my show. And I finally got my bucket list and got to talk to Jeffrey Meldrum and had Jeff on. And, and Jeff's a pretty no-nonsense guy, but in the same respect, he's kind of like, well, if it doesn't fit our mold and our model, then everybody else is wrong. It's kind of how I took it a little bit. And I still respect the man. You know, I do. I respect him immensely. But how do you discern, you know, getting into this, how do you discern with all that stuff? It's because, you know, we do the same thing in the ghost field. Everybody's got a different opinion. Everybody believes something different. How, where are you with that? How do you how do you pick through all the, the good, the bad, and the ugly and kind of make a, a good judgment about how you want to research and what you do? I uh, experience. Uh, doing my stuff solo and stuff for a while, you know, uh, I, you know, I got a sense of nature and stuff. And when I, when right. I started getting, when I did get active in real activity and the stuff, you know, we filmed since starting the lost cryptids, uh, from that experience and stuff, it, it just builds on and stuff. And then, you know, cause that's all that matters and stuff is, is, is to us, you know, going out in the field and trying to really get evidence and really trying to study or get, trying to get interaction. Is what we're trying right. to get, right. not just one-off, you know, glimpses and stuff, but actual contact and interaction, going back and forth. And uh, uh, so, from that experience, and you know, trying to look in and, and investigate all the videos and different techniques and all, and, and researching what other people are doing and stuff, it's really just trying to find uh, our my personal own way, and then our groups kind of just own our own little way, and and seeing just how it mixes and stuff. You know, so we're trying to take the best of what we think uh, works and what looks good and stuff. And right. it seems right. common sense wise and, and put it together into use. But uh, a I, lot I, of what... I love. No, I love that answer. I love the answer. That's that's how I wish more paranormal groups would operate, too. You know, it's you're using your own you're you're, you're developing your own system um, while using good systems of investigation. You know, I mean. I, I dig it. And I get what you're saying. You know, I, I'm open to everybody's ideas and opinions, you know, especially the cryptid world. 
And there are some interesting, yeah, there's interesting ones, you know. Um, I just watched, I just rewatched one tonight, Monster Quest did, and up upstate New York up there. Um, this is when, um, oh, I'm going to get his name wrong. Uh, Sasquatch researcher, oh man, I'm having a brain. Getting old sucks. Everybody, everybody hear me? Getting old absolutely sucks. Your memory just goes out the window. Anyway, he's passed away since, but he was on the program. But even listening how, you know, they were talking about method and different thing. They said just what you're saying. It's like, get out there, look, you know, see, feel, taste, touch. That's the, I, I think with, with Bigfoot research and, and especially with ghost research, people should operate on that level. Uh, prove it to yourself first, you know, and then you can tell people what you saw. And then whatever you collect, you just you put it out there and let people let people take a look at it. You know, um, yeah. I don't know if that makes exactly. any sense to you. But I, I, you know, and I, I haven't been out on a hunt, man. Uh, like I said, I wanted to, I wanted to meet you. I wanted to hook up with you because I had talked for years about Southern Michigan paranormal guys uh, meeting up with you and us, and we, you know, we take it serious. Um, going out there within, like I said, I, I grew up in New Wago in the summers, down here, in, you know, Vicksburg around Kalamazoo County in the summers. Um, had weird stuff happen to us up there when we were kids too. Now, do you find there's more of a, you know, how everybody marks off areas where there's more sightings? Do you find they're farther north that it happens most, or does it really matter? Uh, well, uh, it kind of doesn't really matter, but um, more sightings usually happens because of more people and stuff. It's like the UP. UP doesn't really have as much sightings as the Lower Peninsula, but yet it's it's very sparsely populated. Uh, and yeah. yet there's a huge wilderness wild range of of for places for Satchwash to be. So we definitely know that there should be abundance of high population in those places and possibly more than lower Michigan, certainly you would think. But yet the reports and stuff show that lower Michigan and stuff, some of the counties have high, some of the highest reports consistently. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying because population down here, there's more right. people, so they're more apt to spot things. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, but honestly, they're everywhere. They're they're in all these counties. They're in Lower Michigan, thriving very comfortably. Uh, you know, we have a lot of farmland and stuff and private property. Oh yeah, and, yeah. You know, they are thriving here by hiding out during the day on private properties that people don't use, like old old ladies that don't hunt. You know, people and even people who are active or far are farmers. You know they're pretty set in a routine, and if Sasquatches are observing human activity around these properties to figure yes, out sir. what's the safest place during what season, what yep. time, and what's the human, and what what are they doing? What what seasonally are they doing usually this time? Most hunters and stuff, you know, they they have a certain time that they hunt. You know, most most of the people that are in the woods during hunting season are during the two weeks of gun season. Now there's other you know, there's archery and there's, you know, other gun season of antlerless and muzzleloader and stuff sure, like that. But sure. most of the hunting takes place in the, a two-week period. Yeah. And then after that, the numbers, you know, die down. You know, there's squirrel hunters, rabbit hunters, of course, all sorts. But the majority of people are in the woods for those two weeks. So after those two weeks, you know, it's, it's all the pressure kind of dies down, not as much. And a lot of hunters usually have very set routines, have a very favorite spot they like to do, very traditional way about going about things. Uh, so they, they're, they're 
they just watch what we do and most people are in bed by 10 o'clock putting their feet up watching tv and so they yeah, can traverse yeah. the landscape yeah. and uh when it's fall and the the crop are up they're in those cornfields they're eating they're getting fat and they're ambushing anything coming through and then they can really uh, traverse the landscape a lot easier when the crop is full the corn's up and everything's up oh you nighttime, can't see any, yeah you can't see yeah. anything out there yeah uh, but during all the other seasons, they they are still moving across all these fields and moving into play and hunkering down in a spot that you would you would uh, if you asked the neighbors around the spot you would they would laugh at a bigfoot being in this this chunk of woods. But you know, any given day, and they they could be in the area hunkered down waiting for nightfall to traverse the area. Yeah, it's just like it's every just like deer. County. Yeah, it's just and like the deer. You know, yeah, they sleep oh, and they yeah, hunker yeah. down. You don't see them all day. And then all of a sudden they're there, <laughs> you know, there they are. Um, yeah. And you're making good points. I want everybody to pay attention to that. Uh, if they, you know, they should come over and watch your podcast, which we will advertise that before we get to the end of the program for sure. But um, he's making good points, folks, you know, I, and I get what he's saying because we, we know that these, I, I call them beings, you know, I, I don't think that they're, uh, Gigantopithecus. I have a di big difference of opinion and thought on that. That's just me. Don't send me hate mail. Um, my thought is they're obviously intelligent. They obviously watch us. They observe. They know when we're out there setting cameras. I mean, come on. I laugh at a lot of the shows sometimes because I'm thinking, you don't think that they're aware of you when you guys, the minute you step in their area, they can smell you or they're seeing you or they're aware of you. So they know you're doing something. They've been around long enough to know us you know, as man, I would, I would imagine. And like you, like you said, you know, they know our routines. They know when hunting season starts. I mean, they're not, these aren't dumb. These are not dumb creatures. These, uh, these are very smart individuals in the way that they, you know, they eat and they travel. Um, I, you know, I had a, a conversation on that Olympic project show, uh, asking Jeff Meldrum, um, what his thoughts were on, you know, uh, these being migratory. And of course it's like, well, no, and I'm like, well, that's, I, I just find that insane to, to say no. As much as smart as the man is, I, I had this discussion with my wife tonight. And again, I'm not here to diss, so please don't send me hate mail, folks. Um, I'm just sharing my opinion. You know, like most animals, and let's say Sasquatch included, um, Native Americans and humans stayed near waterways. They stayed near areas where food and game were abundant. That, that's a given. That's an absolute natural given. So why they went and moved to certain areas, certain parts of the year, uh, why, you know, and I think some of these, uh, and I'm going to ask, I'm asking your opinion. I think a lot of B Bigfoot and, and Sasquatch researchers have shown me, and I've seen both sides of the coin, that there are migratory areas and pathways that they're using. I mean, there's been proof. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying it is, it's my opinion, but I'm, it's my opinion based on some other people. I think that they migrate around Michigan. And like you said, I think some of them probably hunker down in certain areas and maybe they stay where they're at. I don't know. I'm talking nonsense, man. You're the expert. I, I, I'm just a guy who hasn't been out yet. <laughs> no, no, you, no, it's all, it sounds really good. And uh, yeah, you know, I divide Michigan into three parts, you know, lower Michigan, northern Michigan, and then the upper peninsula. Mm -hmm. So here in lower Michigan, uh, they're they're migrating a lot because they can't stay in any little chunk of woods at any 
longer than a couple of days because the food sources are going to dry up pretty fast. So in right. lower Michigan, they're actually right. on the move weekly, uh, a couple of days, you know. Right. When I was uh, in that particular area, when I had my first encounter, uh, about every two weeks, it seemed like uh, a group or individual would come back to the area. You know, I would hear calls off the distance or I would have some t sort of little activity and stuff. But uh, so it was about every two weeks uh, and for that particular area at that particular time for that individual or, or whatever right. the case may be. But in northern Michigan and then the UP, then you can get into spots where they can hunker down a lot longer into areas because you have right. a lot more right. wilderness, a lot more air, healthy animals, ecosystems, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and a lot less people and stuff. Yeah. So, again, you well, know, less people and stuff. They don't have to have the pressure to keep on the move and also uh, worry about that. Uh, so, Lower Michigan, it's it's, its own unique uh, uh, type of situation, uh, and the and they are very smart and they're very adapted at observing people, and they will yeah I, set I up agree. and watch people on trail systems. Oh yeah, and get used to them, and then uh, they'll go to the areas where the people don't go off trail. Yeah right they'll, they'll know right. exactly where most of the people and they'll get a routine going of oh it's the person the old man who walks a dog you know he comes here every friday he yeah. walks the same trail that he always walks his favorite trail or he might deviate but he certainly doesn't never just goes off trail and uh so they'll go into these spots where they know people are less likely to go and uh, they're always set up to watch people in the area because they want to know our attentions what we're doing and make sure that they're that we are not a danger to them or their family. So correct. Uh, they, they always are on guard as much as they can. They always have some type of perimeter setup, uh, wherever they're hunkered down or an area that they're in. Uh, even during the day, you know, people like to say that juveniles and all that are doing, yeah. doing that, but it, it could be any individual stuff, but, uh, and they, and they do mess with people. Uh, you know, a lot of people say juvenile, mess with people and stuff well it's because they're practicing they're and stuff they're practicing yeah yeah, yeah. And, and their kids to too i mean people, it, right right and they are kids yeah yeah uh but they have to no, learn this very vital skills to um to be safe around humans you know uh so when humans are in the woods you know they want to know exactly how humans operate what we can see and what our disadvantages are so they can work around it because uh, if they can't read us when we're in the woods, and so they, you know, they obviously know where we're looking. Uh, they might know our range of degree of how far we look before we have to turn, um, how easily we can be tricked by throwing stuff here and then oh, yeah. running around here. So they do different tactics like that to, to learn. But stuff. yeah, let alone. You and know, it does vision. work because it scares people out of the woods without, oh, sure. without uh, contact or violence. So it's a very yeah, sure. effective tool very oh, yeah. intelligent tool that they oh use yeah and, you know, <laughs> something that big throw. yeah with some of the big stones they throw but, i mean you know, it's amazing i'm amazing yeah. amazing they, they are do. i'm i'm in love with them man like i said i i yeah, i say same. observe as much as we can forever and and there's i have i'll have more thoughts on that but you know like i said i'm sure their vision is adjusted to obviously see better at night than ours they've had hundreds Absolutely. and hundreds of years to uh do that and move around at night which you know most most of them do um, and, and I would say that most encounters, much like yours, um, I've often said this too, that um, just a guy who reads up on this and I watch as many programs as I can and I listen to everybody. I listen to everybody. 
that, you know, most of these encounters are by mistake sometimes if they're huge encounters. Um, and I don't mean that, the, you know, that it, it's, it's a big mistake, but to listen to people's reports, it's like, you know, yeah, I'm going down this logging trail. Nobody's been down there for three years. You know, the, the patrolman out in Washington and he comes around the corner and one runs across the road. Well, you know, um, he might've been aware of him coming, but at the same time, it's an accidental, it's an accidental encounter. Otherwise he'd be standing there just waiting for the, you know, the officer to come around the corner. Uh, I guess if I'm making a good point to anybody. So I find that amazing too, but, um, we're going to take our first break. Everybody, please stay with us. We've got Blake with us here from the Lost Cryptid Conservatory. Uh, you're listening to I Want to Believe Radio and Unrestricted uh, Radio. Please do me a favor. Check out our sponsor, Henderson Castle, hendersoncastle.com. It is a 1895 bed and breakfast right here in down, well, not downtown, but outside downtown Kalamazoo. You can come and spend the night there, and you can also check this out. Yours truly. Yes, me. I will lead you on a historic uh, dinner and ghost tour. We do those once a month at Henderson Castle. I've been working that house for 15 years, and i got some interesting things to share with you. Um, also, uh, one of our sponsors, which uh, if you're watching us, you see me tonight hitting my coffee. It's Gun Barrel Coffee. That is correct. I do have Gun Barrel Coffee in here. Uh, you've had the rest, drink the best. Gun Barrel Coffee, folks, gunbarrelcoffee.com. Run by veterans, roasted by veterans, and proceeds of sales out of anything sold in their store in Batavia, Illinois, or online, um, go to help veterans. And, you know, I'm all about helping the, the, the men and women in uniform, as well as police officer, fire, all everybody, everybody that's wearing a uniform, uh, they're, they're helping out. Uh, let alone, uh, if you go over there and use, okay, now listen, this is your code. BDOG12, BDOG, you know, my nickname is Big Dog. So BDOG12, and you will get uh, a discount on your first purchase. I mean, what else do you want? All right, we'll be back for more right after this. I wanna dance with my baby.
I've got a message for you. If you've drank the rest, now drink the best. Gun Barrel Coffee. We are the Gun Barrel Coffee Incorporated team. We are united by the love of coffee, guns, freedom, and America. What started as a hobby has turned into a high-quality home-roasted coffee enjoyed by family, friends, and now the public. We are proud to donate a portion of our proceeds to the organizations who support those who serve those who protect and defenders of our rights and freedom. Accept no other substitutes. You've had the rest. Now drink the best. Gun Barrel Coffee. You can find the guys at GunBarrelCoffee.com. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Well, I've been afraid of changing Cause I built my life around you Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Thoughts of suicide may feel impossible to overcome. 
both help and support, you can find hope and meaning. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK to speak to a counselor or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. It's free. It's confidential. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And even if it feels like it, you're not alone. Take a stand. Take a stand. Take a stand. Like my brother did. And he wouldn't take no for an answer. Like my wife did when she asked the right questions. Like my friend did when she made the call. You stood by us when we were in uniform, so stand by us now. Take a stand for those who served our country. If you're a veteran in crisis or no one who is, the Confidential Veterans Crisis Line is here for you. Call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at veteranscrisisline.net or text 838-255.
And we are back. We didn't go anywhere. Uh, Blake and I sat here, and he watched me talk, and we're just sitting in our house. We're sitting in our studios. So, um, but but you went somewhere. Hopefully, you got yourself a frothy uh, beverage. Uh, you're probably listening to us tonight on Unrestricted Radio, and I appreciate all of you out there that tune in to us. Many of my police officer uh, brothers and sisters that I know personally, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you always look forward to the show, and I've got an interesting guy, and I know I've talked a lot. I'm, I'm going to shut my mouth more and more so the program goes on. Um, we have Blake with us from the uh, Law Scripted uh, Conservatory, and I'm already fascinated by his personal story. I can't wait to meet this guy in person and talk to him some more. We're, we're going to meet. I, I, I mean, I, I promise oh, yeah. you that because, you know, we're close. We're neighbors where we live. I'm not going to give out where we live, but we're close. Um, so, you know, we were talking about how they, you know, they, you know, observe people. They, they've known to stay away. They know how we operate. Uh, you know, the migratory, uh, you know, process of, you know, I think some of them may travel down, you know, to Ohio. Maybe there's some in Ohio. You know, the Ohio Valley has high recorded, you know, run-ins. Every state, every state has versions of this. And, but we're focusing on Michigan tonight. And uh, so, you get this group started and you're going out. I mean, did you start physically going out and like camping and going to different sites all over Michigan? Or did, did you take a while to just gather up people to join the group or to meet friends to go out with you? Uh, at first it was just, uh, it was just me. We just went out. We actually uh, organized uh, with a bunch of other Michigan researchers and, uh, uh, you know, we're out uh, in Nuevo and, uh, you know, had activity out there and stuff. And, um, a lot of them joined and stuff. And then over the year we hopped over all across the state and filmed and got some really good evidence. And a lot of people had encounters and, you know, we, uh, lost people and grew and, uh, hosted some events and, uh, had a very, uh, adventurous and educational year. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we've been, uh, you know, We've been in a, a unique, some unique spots and stuff, and uh, right. we've been in some hot spots, and I've actually got activity, and uh, you can see that in some of the videos that we've released over the last uh, three years. Um, yeah. So, you know, there, have you ever had an encounter that that you know, and you knew I was going to get to this question probably? Has most of it been like a positive experience? You know, that because I would say most of it probably is. But has there been anything that's happened to you yet that may have been just a little bit to the line? You know, like you were getting a warning and they were a little aggressive. Uh, yeah, I would say definitely one time was a little bit more than the others. Um, uh, you know, it's hard to say what, uh, you know, what's good and bad. Uh, we've had stuff like uh, little small pebbles thrown at us and also had uh, some big rock got thrown in a creek. Uh, that wasn't really next to us, but uh, we didn't consider aggressive. But if that rock would have hit one of us, we'd been out. Yeah, you know, that would been able to take down a bear. Um, yeah, when I was solo still, and before I started the group, a couple years before, um, I was actually out uh, coyote hunting and stuff on some private property I was living at, and um, decided to take a shot at a possum that was. Uh, very close 10 feet anyways with a rifle and a scope it wasn't it wasn't uh, zeroed in for something that close so i barely missed it yeah yeah right 
So I barely missed it, and I'm like, ah, oh, well, there goes my hunt. You know, I kind of blew everything off because of this stupid possum, and uh, I wasn't getting any activity anyways. And so I shot the gun, uh, Savage 223. It was pretty loud, you know, and um, all of a sudden I hear uh, the neighbor yelling at me. And I'm just like, you know, you know, why is he yelling at me? You know, this is legal, you know, ever they all yeah. they all want you know, we don't want coyotes around here, stuff like that. Right. You know, understanding and uh, you know, it yells at me again and something didn't seem right about it. And so I'm sitting there and I'm listening and all of a sudden he yells again and then I realize, wow, it's he's not speaking English and it's not the neighbor. You know, and what oh. I had heard distinctly okay. the third time was <laughs> yelling at me. Uh, it was across the road over towards the neighbors. You know, that's why I thought it was the neighbor's house. And uh, well, at this point, I'm just totally shocked and dumbfounded. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, and so, uh, so he, he yells again and it's closer. And now I'm just I'm like, wow, this, I, you know, a whole host of us thoughts are flooding through my head but i'm frozen yeah, i can I'm just, imagine i'm listening right what i should have done is pulled out my cell phone and started recording but i'm just so shocked <laughs> that i'm getting yelled at right now yeah. in every, the moment and every paranormal investigators faux pas man right <laughs> it's been a few times where after the fact it's like man i could have done so much more even when i have mm -hmm. was filming and stuff it's like man the different angles different stuff but it's what happens, you know. A lot of it is by chance and circumstance yeah. and the luck of the draw. And you know, if you would have done stuff slightly different, maybe the outcome would have been totally different, and the situation might not have even happened. So, of course, yeah. it all just happens the way it does. I get it. And yeah, it just happens. All we do is go out there and try to film, and stuff happens. And that's basically it. Nothing too special about it. Now you're speaking just... my language, man. Yeah, you're so, speaking my language. So he yells again, and all of a sudden I hear a female join oh. in, and now and now it's a female who is bickering at him, and it sounds like a married couple going at it. Now he's yelling and stuff, and she's she's doing a fluty sing-song type of language, is what I would call. She was all over the place. It was all sorts of sounds and fluty language and, and mumbling and stuff, same where I chattered like he was. And they were, and she was, yeah. and they were moving down the tree line towards me, uh, paralleling where I was, but moving to where when they stopped, they were directly beeline towards me, but a hundred yards out. Right. So they were arguing all the way down until they got right in front of me, a hundred yards out, and then they stopped. And then for the next 15 minutes, I heard cre them creeping up next to me, a little twig break here a little rustling there uh i got wigged out and i had to go back inside yeah and then i yeah because uh it was very unnerving not only to get yelled at and, and and you know what's going through my head is it sounds like this guy is gonna come teach me a lesson and his girl is telling him to stop don't be stupid and you know like a full-on it was so humanistic I could feel the emotion. That's why I, I thought it was the neighbor. It came off that so emotional human that even though it wasn't English, right? It was I presumed to even know what he was mad about and the tone of his voice. Well, he didn't, he didn't like yeah, he didn't like shooting your gun. Obviously, it, yeah, he, didn't, was, he didn't care for yeah. that. Yeah. 
I yeah, disturbed his close. hunt as well. And yeah, yeah, it was an amazing encounter, but yeah. it was very dangerous. But I, but I, I right, but without I without her there, right. he probably would have scared me a little bit at least. Who I don't think he would have hurt me, but he definitely was going to teach me a lesson. And you know, it was a good lesson to learn. And that was again yeah. an area where people would laugh. The people who are, the people who live around there do laugh at me. When I say that this stuff happens right there, and they just they've lived their their entire lives have grown up there, but you know the, when people don't look for it and they don't believe in it, they're not paying attention to anything. Yeah, my theory and is how often how often do these them to hide from those people because they they're not even looking at it. Even if it was yeah, right staring yeah. at their face, they might say, "Oh, I you know it was an animal. I seen a deer run away or a bear or something." Right. You know. I won't say it's a theory. It's my belief. You know, how often do people look up? There's probably things going on all day right. with UFO activity, and we're missing most of it because how often do we look up? How often are we really eye spy in the woods? I mean, I do. And even when I'm driving, my wife gets upset because, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm watching the road too, but I'm always, I love to be the passenger because, you know, you maybe you do the same thing. I am just eyeballing deep woods to see if I spot something. I'm just <laughs> that weird. I'm that kind of weirdo. Um, but I get what you're saying, you know, the trepidation of, of hearing this argument after you shot your gun. I don't mean to laugh at you, but, you know, I'd have done the same thing. As big and bad as I think I am, and even though I'm holding the gun, I'm like, well, you know, that's a little unsettling. I get what you're saying there, and I'm going to go in the house and think about this for a second because I'm not sure what's coming around the bend. So that is very understanding, very understandable. Um, have you ever heard, um, not to get off track, but have you been aware of the Twin Lakes monster report that happened in 63 and 64 down in Dwajak area? Yeah, Dewey Lake. Uh, Sister yeah, Lake's Dewey Lake area. monster, right. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we yeah, we went down there and investigated actually in uh, around the surrounding areas and stuff um, and took a report. A uh, fairly recent one. It was uh, that was two years ago and the report was a couple years before that, but uh Right, right there went right, right into a swamp, right next to the lake. Uh, uh, with our guides, uh, uh, wife and uh, child actually had seen it cross the road, uh, taking her to school, and uh, it was one of the most re recent ones. And so we went down there, went right into the swamp, and um, we didn't have any activity around Dewey Lake, but uh, uh more westward, we uh, we ended up having some activity, and we actually uh, one of our members got a picture of. Uh, it looks like a, a hand and some fingers uh, on a, wrapped around a tree. Uh, I've seen that, that photo. We were, we were walking along. She was snapping photos. It's inside. hard to, yeah, it's hard to take their Facebook page because they're 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 semi serious, but then you know they put all the funny stuff on their page too. And and I remember when that page first started. And, and now that I I know you, and I want to when I get with you in person, I have a lot to share about that incident because I met one of the guys who was uh from the battle creek area i think that's where you know dowajak area and um he had written a book on this he, he's a producer of horror movies and stuff out in hollywood and he has a book online um i'd have to look it up to remember the title i i have a copy of it on my amazon so basically he mapped out every you know every spot where there had been an account he did a very comprehensive map all this other stuff and i was going to have him on the show again last year and his phone number went belly up and he's kind of, he's out there, but he kind of disappeared. He's off doing different things. So, um, but he did a very comprehensive report. And so 
I studied and I went looking because here I am, you know, doing all this stuff, Blake, you know, all this ghost stuff for 16, 17 years. And then I had never heard of that, never heard of this thing. And then I, ha I, I came across him through a friend and I said, what do you mean the Dewey Lake monster, you know, the Twin Lakes incident. And then once he opened the door, I start like you, I started looking into it and researching it. And I have a very high interest in it, my friend. So if you want to plan a trip to go there again this year, you and I, Let's do it because I, I, I'm all about checking it out and, and I'm yeah. with you on that, on this account because, you know, National Guard was called in folks. If you don't know about this, go look it up. You can find all the information in the books that are out there about this. I think Grand Valley or not Grand Valley, but Lake Michigan College did a, a radio. They wrote a radio podcast show around this, which is quite interesting. And they used a lot of this, this incidents, but I just wondered if you'd heard about it. Uh, and if it's something, oh, yeah. and now are you part of the the group that holds that that event there every year? Do you guys get together down there and you do a whole cryptid thing? Is that you? Uh, well, we did the first one, and then uh, okay. uh, well, you know, long story short, drama happened, and other people kind of uh, took it as their own. So uh, that's a completely different event than what we did. We did the Do a Lake uh, Monster Conference, and that's uh, right. It's something else now, but it doesn't matter. But uh, I'm sorry, but yeah, we know those happened. we know those people and stuff. Uh, we, yeah. we don't have good relationships. Some of them are former members, and uh, actually, you know, what's interesting about Dewey Lake is there in the 1960s in Michigan, there was the Dewey Lake monster, and then in Monroe, Michigan, there was the Monroe monster, yep. which was very similar uh, Bigfoot that uh, went around the Monroe County uh, terrorizing. The countryside and actually attacking people in uh, very similar time frames and stuff and so uh again there was a lot of newspaper articles written there was a lot of uh terror and frightened law increased law enforcement uh huge publicity you know that happened and then uh you know some 1960s you know late 60s you know uh, Michigan was huge with monsters and Bigfoots and stuff. And then uh, then you would have the uh, Muskegon monster that uh, uh, shortly after that in the 70s and uh, 80s and stuff uh, uh, terrorized a few teenagers well, and stuff throughout the, the years. Well, so, 60s uh, is, in is interesting because, you know, you bring up the Monroe and then, of course, you know, Dewey Lake. Um, we had bumper crop, fruit crops throughout Michigan. It was, a, it was one of those a few couple of years, you know, early to mid sixties where we had these, I looked at the weather temperance charts, you know, for those years, cause I'm a believer in too, that weather has a lot to do with, with possibly motivating, you know, these, these creatures and certain behaviors coming out in the open and doing certain things, you know, um, which I think, I think there's a connection as we already talked about, you know, going where the food is and, you know, migrating, but I think weather variance is, plays a big part in a lot of these, sightings and whatever may, might be going on because like you and i you know if there's a huge fruit crop let's let's say we're on planet of the apes i'm gonna get weird here for a second so everybody follow me let's say we're on planet of the apes right and you know with weather variants they got a great apple crop and we can't help ourselves the corn's growing tall abundance of food we're out there we don't care if it's dangerous we're you know we're doing our thing and then somebody see you know the apes see us <laughs> you know am, am i making sense to anybody Okay. So, uh, anyway, yeah. so, you know, you know what I mean? So I've, I've often thought that, that, that plays into a lot of it, but 
you know, I, I believe they, they were here before we were, you know, these are generations and generations and families, you know, of these, these squatch. And, uh, I just call them that for short. I mean, I've seen, like I said, Blake, I've, I've come across so, so many, not so many, some different individuals here doing this podcasting thing on and off over 12 years. Um, and I interviewed that gentleman who was on the news. Uh, I don't know if you're still aware of him, but up north there where he was giving it pizza. Remember that guy? Claimed to be Native American and he was giving it pizza and all sorts of crazy stuff. So I didn't, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yes. I know who that guy is. (laughs) Yeah. He was interesting. He was an interesting interview, man. I got to tell you, he was all over the place. Uh, Pizza Tony. That's his name, right? Pizza Tony. (laughs) Pizza Tony. What's up? Um, so we, you talked about having this run in where you had verbalization and you made me think of the Sierra recordings and, um, Mm -hmm. I became friends with a gentleman who was one of these these guys that went there. Um, I yet to have him on the show because he he's rarely doing interviews. He did coast to coast on being begged out after so many years. But I got to hear some stuff, you know, uh, that wasn't cut down, and I know a lot of it's released now. And I just think they're amazing. Um, you know, that Navy linguist uh, guy who was with George Norrie on Coast to Coast AM uh, can break down that there's communicative language. And much like you had said, uh, you can tell when some of them were arguing with each other. Um, just amazing stuff, you know, just amazing stuff. And I have, have you heard a lot of those? Have you heard those recordings? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I've I, I delved deep into a lot of this subject, probably more than once and three times, but, uh, right. And I, yeah, I don't mean know, to, insult, uh, I don't mean to insult you by asking that Blake. No, 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 Cause, no, I, no. I, cause we had, we might have new listeners and they're like, how come Dan didn't ask if he, you know, that's why I'm asking. So please don't get mad at me. Exactly. Go ahead, um, go ahead buddy. The, you know, what I heard the, uh, mumbling talk, samurai chatter was very similar, especially when they're arguing it was very fast, very fast back and forth. And, um, and it wasn't human language and stuff. It was a language. It wasn't, animalistic grunts and uh animals how they communicate with grunts and verbals but it's not a language you know animals are picking off of cues and stuff they, they're not talking to each other through language you know they're they're picking they're reading each other's body language they're reading the sound and stuff you know animals don't react through uh languages and stuff not some animals do but uh they were speaking in a very distinct humanistic language and in tones and emotions you know the emotions that it sounded like a married couple bickering very humanistic yeah, yeah. i mean exactly yeah. like that it was no doubt about it you know boy no there was human in there anybody yeah i mean I, yeah i i made a joke there sorry i i know what the the married couple bickering sounds like love you honey um you know, it's one of these things that uh, hearing more and more of the language, like you said, there were times too that you could hear, like English. There was there were small little bouts of words that you could pick out. That's that's what the Navy guy, you know, had come to discern is that if you listen, because they were they'd meet with these guys for so long, um, they were picking up words. Now I've heard a gentleman. I don't know whether to believe him or not, because again, there's a lot of people putting out a lot of things in this cryptid thing. Todd Standing. I mean, I could go down a whole list of names, people that I, I look at and I follow. Um, just just because I'm interested. And there's a gentleman out of uh, Canada. Um, you've probably seen these two where he professes to speak to this 
you know, this, the couple of these Sasquatch, you know, and they come up and put handprints on his car. Uh, he talks to him, he says words and he talks to him like, Hey, my friend. And he puts apples out yeah, and, you yeah. know, I've, you know, so I don't know if he's a hundred percent. I mean, you know what I mean? I don't know what to make of that. And I'm not asking you to call him out or nothing. I'm just thinking, is it, maybe it's true. I don't know because I've tried to imitate those grunts and those sounds and it's difficult for me. You know, and the Sierra sounds, you know, were looked at in the lab and they were, they were proven to be to where none of us could really emulate through our vocal cords. No, nobody could really emulate or copy that. Um, you know, and then Todd, you know, has, he's still out there doing his thing. You know, Jeff Meldrum's been out with him. Um, and I see a lot of compelling video from this guy that I'm not sure what's, you know, what might be real and what's not. Now, I take the guy as his word. I really do. I, I think a couple of the, I just don't think that it's him in a mask. I'm just going to be honest about how I feel about it. Um, I'm not sure that there's a lot to what he says that he does, but some of it's compelling, man. It almost, it almost shocked me, you know, when you close up on the face and then the eyes are blinking and you can see skin move and, you know, different, different things that are happening. I don't, I don't know. I just wondered if you'd seen any of that and what some of your thoughts are on all this stuff. Um, well, Todd, you know, Todd standing, uh, you know, I kind of think that there's a the term we call a uh, Ivan Mark syndrome, which means uh, uh, you yeah. you you had real activity, you had real evidence, and then you stopped, and now you you kind of start faking stuff to get activity because you know you, it's it's not working well. I think Todd right. was the opposite. Todd maybe had some activity when he started. A lot of people say he faked a lot of that stuff, and uh, some of it is very cheesy. Um, okay, but. And I know what you're talking about. Right? I think it was reversed. You know, he, he might have faked a few stuff at first, but, you know, he does go out. He does have an amazing area that he does go out and has access to. And Jeff Meldrum says that he might have seen something while out there with Todd and right. is very certain that he was not hoaxed. Nice. So, you know, it, it's and unfortunately, you know, because of a lot of people think that he's done that, if if he finds something good, a lot of people probably aren't even going to believe it. That, yeah, it's that, controversial. There's always going to be I think that's, that you know, yeah, it yeah. is. And uh, my experience with some of these bigger experts and and people and stuff is uh, a lot of them are talking stuff. You know, a lot of them are, you know, when, when it's time to go in the woods and do the work, it seems like a lot of people are lazy. And then yep. instead want to talk about stories of doing the work somewhere else instead of doing it when you're there and it's time to do it right um you know with a lot of his stuff is you know you got to vet the person and stuff and you kind of go through history yep. and what what's yep. everyone saying about him and you know um so there's a lot of that it's kind of hard there's a lot there's so much stuff going on and yeah, I don't mean to put you in a corner on that. I just, I, oh, wanna, I don't care. I, I love, I love your candor. No, I love your candor. Cause I'm the same way. I think, like I said, I think some of it's very, you know, very true. And I think there's a lot, I'm, I'm suspicious, you know, I am, I'm suspicious. You, you kind of have to be, you, you right. have to look at, right. with, you know, Cause the ghost, the ghost people do it too. Yeah. The people open, on the ghost TV. Sh yeah. They be do. serious about it. You know? Yeah. You know, yeah. We, that's the whole thing is, you know, my group, there's other groups, you know, we don't want to spend another 50 years with the Patterson being the only best footage we have or the best evidence we have. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so over years these, of nothing, basically. 
I'm so over these people, man. They're just like, well, that one guy came out of his deathbed and said it was a costume. You've seen this guy's costume? It does, okay, you'd have to be brain dead to think that that looks anything, anything like what we were right. seeing on that film. You know, I, and I believe that to be real. It's been analyzed by some of the best experts. How many more people do you need to reanalyze this damn thing? And, and you know, yeah, even exactly. to put it to still shot, you know, uh, and I'm like you. I think it's the best evidence that we've had. I think there's some really good stuff caught by accident out there. But, you know, um, it's yeah. it's still hard to to go through so many fakes. You know, there's so much stuff and it's in the ghost. It's in the ghost field, too. There's so many people putting crap up, and like you said, there's people that I I would want to maybe call out, uh, you know, and, and a lot of this stuff because I, I'm with you. You know, they reach a point where their own fame gets ahead of them, and now they got to produce. So now they're just they're just making things up and they're they're hoaxing yeah. things, and and that's sad. That's a sad thing for me because I I would never do that. You know, if I just don't have anything, I don't have anything. You know, I, I'll do my best to try to investigate, but exactly, on. you know, it's hard getting stuff. You know, it is. We understand, it is. you know, where I'm out there a lot. You know, I don't but show like a lot. Said, yeah, you got to do the work. Like, you know, we take it so seriously, and when right. there's someone blatantly hoaxing, like there's this one guy who he he says a bigfoot chase. He has to roll out of the way because a bigfoot ran out of the porch to try to like push him or something. And what the guy literally does is has a sweatshirt on and just goes like this in front of the camera fast. And then it's his sweatshirt, but yet the still frame picture, he draws eyeballs on and people, a lot of people and people who I was surprised to have seen commented, yeah, I see what you're talking about. Wow. I can't believe that you got this on, you know, got a picture of it and stuff. And, you know, it, I just found some utter disgust that I had to call that out yeah. and, you know, some of it should be called out because it, it should. It, it makes us look so bad. And right. especially when it's so cheap and obvious, it, it really makes us look like we're stupid. And when we're trying to get uh, scientific eyes and this, you know, normal citizens to take us seriously, it's really hard. And uh, there's, there's actual people that are pranking and stuff. You know, there was recently a, 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 a prank done on, on a big fritter and, you know, it already has a million, a million views, and it just came out yesterday. You know, and it was it was really bad and very obvious. And the, the person that they targeted, you know, was not, you know, unfortunately, wasn't very not a very good representation at all, and probably one yeah, of the more, yeah. you know, out there and that, types. And, and, yeah, and that it was makes a segment. us look so horrible, right? And that it's was... frustrating because you know we are really trying to. <laughs> not have another 50 years of, of, of the stagnant muddy water of, you know, everyone's making fun of us and we don't have any evidence. And, you know, all the people who do have this limelight, you know, all these experts and TV personalities, they don't show you anything. They can't really show you anything. You know, they can tell you these stories and stuff, but they don't have proof. They don't have anything on counter. Well, that's you know? my, and yeah, these, and I... these local guys are these smaller time researchers and stuff, kind of like us. And, you know, these guys here are kind of, trying really trying you know we actually have some pretty decent good stuff and are getting reliable stuff that uh for some reason these bigger people who've been doing it for 20 plus years massive tv budgets massive money that they've made are not getting anything so it's very it's a head well, scratcher and what i think is works not being done. yeah and i don't want a lawsuit like a man i you know that's why i have issues with bfro in any state that it's operating because of 
who's who's running the show you know uh yeah and moneymaker he's just a fraud uh, he's been exposed many times as a fraud and a liar i'll say it he can come sue me i guess all he wants i just don't trust the guy i don't trust anything that i've seen that he's, you know i've you've seen i don't know if you've been aware of it too but i mean that's the issue there's good people in well, the fro yeah there's good folks involved in it and, and unfortunately exactly. yeah. it's hard to take it serious now because of him and it's just like MUFON, you know, there's MUFON's trying to recover from all this bad press and these idiots that were involved and on board of directors. I, I had uh, Terry Ling on my show and she's one of the directors and, you know, they're trying to change some things because they have a lot of good in investigators. But yeah, the Sasquatch field is just inundated, you know, with, like you yeah. said, I, I tried to get a, a group on uh, to come over and be on the podcast and share their stuff. And, you know, it kind of sounds like Oaky Oaky Fountains. <clears throat> Bigfoot group. And, but then they got an attitude with me and we're getting real weird with me. And I'm just like, look, man, I just wanted to put your content over on my network for free so that people could check out your stuff. But then I start watching more of their stuff and it's just, it's the same stuff. It's you guys standing by a Creek and well, there was an incident here and this there, you know, it's like the streak song. Yeah. I saw it, you know, and it just right. got to be the same stuff. And I'm like, I I'm done. So, Again, I don't, I don't like to come out here and bash people and be mean. It's just that I'm like you. I'm I'm trying to look at things to be serious in a critical manner. Critical thinking is a good way for you to be in me. And I love that you're like that. Because the same thing could be said about me. Anything I present that's fair and normal, uh, you know, you could think I'm full of, of, excuse my French, full of shit as the next guy. And, you know, I could be. <laughs> you know, but I'm presenting, you know, I like you said, I put integrity and honesty into my work. And that's important to me because if I'm ever going to be taken serious about what I'm doing here, you know, and, and we don't take it so serious, Blake, that we don't have fun. We have a lot of fun with what we do too. You get it, man. You get it. You just said it. Oh, yeah. I'm just reiterating it, man. I'm just reiterating it. Yeah. You know, integrity is everything, especially it is in, in both these fields, because if you're showing evidence and you don't have integrity or, you know, and when money's involved, then it gets even more thin line yes, because, yes, sir. you know, you know, a lot preach of people it, overlook things for money, you know? Right. Preach it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's very hard to take people or research seriously when you know that, you know, you know that they're dealing with shady people and that they're working yep. with them just because they're yep. getting paid. And it's like, even though they know that they're totally hoaxing and fake, it's like, you know. Yeah. It's that bottom so line of the check. The reason <laughs> why we're doing it on this topic is because it, it's, it's, it's very, it's very, uh -oh. Very hard. He's getting angry. Out. Everybody, watch out. <laughs> I, I do get a little passionate about it because yeah, I you it, should. I see so much of it, and so much of it is, especially when you got all these people uh, fantasizing about stories and stuff that's not even real and not even happening. I've been out in the woods where people are like, you know, fantas basically larping about stuff that's not even happening or real, or they're hearing real I like animals. The terminology, yeah. They're, they're not, they're sitting, you know, like being a city focused never been out in the woods, you know, and then trying to find Bigfoot and guide people to find Bigfoot. And there's a lot of that and stuff. And unfortunately, you know, we're just trying to do our own thing, show our evidence, tell our encounters. And, you know, uh, you guys check out the YouTube channel. We got a few. Uh, the really good recent one was uh, Jason Kenzie and my own Bigfoot encounter. That's the title of it, and you know you can 
watched pretty much uh, almost a full encounter that was filmed. Uh, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys a little bit about it. And so we we're up in the UP for a whole week during an expedition that we were we were yep. hosting, and um, an amazing week. We actually had a lot of activity and a lot of evidence that we got, and we've been showing it finally. <coughs> um, me and Jason were walking to get a recorder and stuff, and uh, basically walking back, we noticed this uh, tree manipulation in front of our heads that wasn't there before because we didn't have to move away from it or duck and stuff. So we're analyzing the stuff, and we decided to walk a couple steps, and all of a sudden we hear this commotion, brushing of the ground or, or something, and we turn around and I, I swing my rifle off my shoulder and I point it towards the direction, but at the ground still, because I don't see whatever I I don't see whatever is there, so I'm not pointing and shooting at you know anything I don't see. Very quickly, uh, we hear scattering and stuff. But very quickly, um, from my experience and instincts, you know, I put my gun back on the shoulder because I thought you know this is Sasquatch activity, and it turned out it was. And what happened was they Jason starts filming and they showed themselves to us. They were behind a tree. One was behind the tree at first, and then another one appears and um, Jason started filming and you can watch the film and we uh, are looking at them. They're watch we're literally pointing at them, watching them. And what struck me, because at first I'm thinking, you know, okay, you know, we're seeing eye shine and stuff. You know, is it a raccoon? You know, is it something else looking at us? Right. Um, when the second creature was standing about eight foot tall, and the other one was lower, about three, I would say. And it's hard. I don't know if it was. I think it was on all fours. But when it turned and looked, I, I could see its massive cone head shaped head, massive forehead. And it, it was huge. And it just blew my mind and uh at this time we're hearing a third one creeping onto the right and uh eventually you know uh they kind of went away we weren't seeing them and you know so we went right there to go see where they were standing and you know and it was a very intense situation and would uh, you yeah would you uh, say after that encounter and all the other encounters you've had in your research would you say that there you would almost assimilate some of their behaviors, you know, like like people are? Where what I mean by that um, is that I've heard you know tell that um, there are some who probably aren't so nice because that you know like a person you got good people and you got bad people. And I'm not looking for attacks or anything like that, but like I said, some that that just act a little different. Maybe they're not so. Um, I don't know how I'm trying to put that without being redundant in my question. You know, um, I just wondering if there's, if, like I said, if they've got different mood swings and they've got, you know, like I said, there, there's some people that are really, you know, there's some squash that are really nice and they observe and they do their thing and they're, they're protecting themselves. They're watching you. And maybe there's some out there that just don't want any contact with humans. And when there is, you know, they're, like I said, they're a bit, a little bit more aggressive. But that would lend to the the tune of, like I said, throwing bigger stones and, you know what I mean? Or maybe just being those that just will never come around you. You'll never see them and know that they're out there anyway. that make any sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they're uh, they're type of people. You know, they're probably individualistic. Uh, right, that's I, what I was would, going for. I would right. assume that, you know, there's some that absolutely hate humans. 
Um, some that are probably mostly indifferent and some who are probably more curious. Uh, it seems to me, in my personal opinion, belief and theory is that there's a type of rule system going on that they obey and they follow protocols of how to interact with humans because yeah, tribal uh, tribal protocol. If, right. If you even if they don't like us, right? There there's still rules and stuff that they're constricted to that they don't they how they operate. I mean, they don't outright kill people most of the time, and there's a lot right. of missing people in Michigan. But most of the time, you don't hear outright attacks. You don't hear all this stuff. And because, you know, it brings more people and it brings more conflict, more stress and stuff. So it's hard to really say, you know, they might they might all hate us from what we're doing to them. Yeah. But they, well, yeah. they, they, they are self-disciplined and patient about it because they don't want more conflict. I personally think that there's some nice ones. I think they're all individualistic. Yeah. Thankfully, most of the stuff we've had, and we've pushed the envelope too. I've I've, I've done more aggressive stuff. I've chased them. I've had the group chasing them, running after them, and uh, you know, being aggressive, aggressive, breaking branches, and trying to start stuff. And uh, uh, the response that we had was kind of just a, a brush on the ground and let us know it was there and uh, it, i got the feeling like it was kind of good sport and stuff yeah, you know yeah yeah uh even though we were being really stupid and dumb and dangerous uh, <laughs> right. kind of felt like it was a good sport but, maybe had fun but um, you know you do that to you know you're doing different things right. to experiment with and it's outside the box you know like i get it i, I dig it um yeah, you, know, you mentioned you, you mentioned know. we we have you to push never know sometime and yeah um, that's how that's how science works guys Everybody hearing that? That's how science works. You can't always play it safe. I hate to, I'm not saying like if somebody told me a demon was in the room and I saw it throwing people through the window that I'd go rushing in there. I'm just saying that I would go to the door and I'd still have to look in to see for myself and kind of get, you know what I mean? It's science. I got to know what I'm dealing with. Um, yeah. David Polites. So you meant, you mentioned the missing people and I don't know where I'm at with this because it's across the country. <laughs> it's across the world with all of these these type beings. Um, and we're going to, I wanted to talk about a couple other cryptids before I get you off here tonight. Um, cause I don't know how late you can stay up cause I can, you know, I can go as late as you want. I can go a little longer. Um, so, you know, people come up missing and he wasn't on board. David Pilates wasn't on board with the whole Sasquatch Bigfoot thing at first. I don't know if you are, are aware of, I'm sure you're aware of David Pilates and missing people. Oh, yeah, so now, yeah. now he's kind of saying, well, some of the stuff is really odd. Yeah, I doubt there's a serial killer, you know, running around all these areas and these, these large areas where you have all these missing people. Um, oh, looks like he'll have to fix his camera. Um, and they, they do these things and people, oh, people come up missing. And the weird part to a lot of it is, is like you'll find them in places and areas that you can't get to. And then we have to go in and retrieve their remains. Um, or they'll have really strange head injuries. Um, their clothes, some of their clothes will be missing, and you'll find them miles away folded or put in areas where they look like they're brand new. Um, we know it's not animal attacks and different things like that. And I just I just don't know if I want to connect it to, to Bigfoot. But if we and you can you can warn me off here because again you've been doing this longer than me. I haven't even done it yet. I'm, I, I've just been studying it all my life. 
so if we were to go back to Native American accounts with some of these creatures, let's, let's just be forward about it, transparent. Um, you know, they were saying that they would come into their villages and take their children, take their babies, take women. Uh, I'm not saying it still goes on now, but who's to say? Like you said, there's there could be, just like there's good humans, there could be bad squatch or a, a sect of squatches that do that type of thing, and that's why some people come up missing. Or they ended up in an area they shouldn't be. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then they're in the middle yeah. of it, and then gotta gotta kill the witness you know i mean i hate to say kill them because they're i don't know what happens to them you know but uh that's a terrible thought everybody please forgive me i didn't mean to go dark on this i just i it, it makes you wonder it just makes me wonder i don't know no that's good and you know having a dark a dark thought about this is not a bad thing because it's honestly more realistic than this fantasy we have of this friendly forest hippie giant that's out there hippie giant <laughs> yeah yeah the reality is that the native american stories tell of them that yeah they're most of them are cannibal giants and they or they yep. eat native americans certainly you have stories of them trading with native americans and native americans made baskets for them because the sasquatches couldn't weave baskets so the natives would trade the baskets big baskets you know sasquatch sized baskets and yeah, collect, strong their, ones. collect their nuts and berries yeah and their fish but the Sasquatches, one, you know, one individual or however, uh, start would start stealing women and kids and would put them in the baskets. Oh and no! Of course, the Native Americans, you know, would go to war and would stop trading them, so they would not make them baskets because they were putting the kids into these baskets that they made. And so, there's a lot of stories of that, and uh, all across the U.S. Actually, yeah, do you, of do very you think similar stories. Yeah, do you and, think the um, red-headed giants are would be like maybe a version of those out west? You know, where they burned them, they fought with them and fought with them and then trapped them in the cave. What do you you know about that, right? Yeah, uh, the yeah. the uh, Paiute in the Lovelock Cave, the Pai yep. Paiute Native Americans. Um, I think it's pretty interesting uh, when you talk about the red-haired and black-haired giants. Um, some of those stories, it doesn't sound like Sasquatch. Uh, the the way they're described. Uh, they're not hairy. They're yeah. Native Just, American giants, smooth-skinned giants. Yeah, with some uh, of them white too. Yeah, more. Uh, yeah, well, some of them have you know six fingers, digits, and stuff. And then weird, weird. The Southwest, Southwestern <laughs> Native Americans. They they greeted you know showed your showed your hand to see if you had six fingers, digits. Yeah, and yeah. you know you were of this race, and they you were slaughtered because they were considered evil. I'm digging um, you, Blake. You got your info, man. I, I, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know I'm jumping all over the place here towards the end because no, I, have, great. I got a million questions to throw at you. Um, I can't wait for us to meet in person and pick each other's minds about this a little bit. Um, you know, the other part to the cryptid story is this, that, you know, we've talked about Bigfoot and Sasquatch, you know, kind of the same thing. We know why it got the Bigfoot name, obviously, because of the footprints. Uh, and some of the experts, and I, I would say that I would say you're an expert because you're a guy that works in the field. And to tell people that there's no such thing as an experienced person or an expert, just stop you, stop worrying about the pronouns or whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, the syntax, the wording. It's just stupid. Um, I would say that you're an expert in your own field because you're doing your own thing. So you'd you'd probably be apt to spot a, a fake footprint. And I know people try still try that crap and. 
I don't know. There's things to look for, but um, I didn't want to focus on that. I wanted to go to other cryptids. Now, you, you know, the dog man, as I mentioned early in the show, folks, Bob Penny. Uh, Bob is a co-host on this network. He's going to make a comeback because as a nurse, he's a little he was a little caught up in work because he was, you know, had to be at the hospital 24-7 for the COVID crap. So now they're not mandatory. So Bob will be making his return. But where I'm going with this, Blake, is that um, you've had a dogman encounter. And I've heard of some dogman encounters and, and from Michigan uh, forestry workers and uh, Michigan State Trooper who shared his, uh, you know, going to that famous cabin incident, which everybody was playing around whether or not that was real or not. But it's been now shown to be a, a true account seeing these huge pause and he said what he saw when he pulled up on this thing and it ran off that it looked like this wolf-like man that was standing on uprights and was clawing the shit out of the side of this cabin uh i can't imagine getting out of your car and drawing your weapon down on something like that uh and or other people who have spotted it now the misconception also is folks and i hate to burst your bubble those those who are skeptical on this you think it's all invented from this dj who came up with this song and this is where it started this, 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 like Sasquatch, has been recorded, by again, by Native Americans time and time again throughout the, the eons of existence. So there's obviously something to it, you know. Um, and that film has been proven to be a fake, you know, where you got the guy in the suit and he's, he's running along the, the Gable ground. Film. Yeah, the Gable film. Thank you. Yeah, with the snowmobiles and all that stuff. Like, hey, I remember those from the 70s. That's how old I am. Right. Um, yep. Where are you with the dog, man? Uh, well, before 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 I encountered one with my family, uh, I thought it was misidentified Bigfoot stuff. And I didn't take it seriously uh, enough. Right. Uh, that was until two years ago in October, the first week of October. I think it was October fourth, about seven thirty, and um, we just uh, driving the countryside. Just got groceries for one town. Driving over to our house and. Uh, driving down a road that we take dozens of times a year and um we had the uh it was sunset out uh it wasn't super dark out but we had the brights on for deer and stuff you know just in case and right um we're driving down the road 55 miles an hour and all of a sudden i see as soon as i see a canine head cross the white line and begin to get on the road and, uh, and so I registered as a, uh, a coyote because that's what we have here in Lower Michigan. And I'm like, this happens very fast. But in the moment, I'm like, oh, sweet, you know, it's a coyote crossing. You don't really see him during uh, kind of, you know, still kind of the day like this. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. When it got into the middle of the road, then I realized, holy crap, this is a massive wolf. It's huge. It's long. Right. It's, it's a massive, beautiful animal. And I'm just blown away. And, and uh, so it was running very fast, you know, uh, and it looked at us uh, uh, as it was running uh, and its eyes were reflecting the brights from our, our car. Mm -hmm. And so when it looked at us, it we could see that it was looking at us because of the brights. But have you ever seen a wolf run or a bear run and they go really, really fast and they're like super hyper mode and they they do this head bobbing motion? Yeah. They get really yeah. down and they dig and they're doing this head motion. It did that, you know. Uh, it ran in front of the car on purpose. Um, so it crosses the road, and we're like, wow, holy crap. I got my GoPro right here. I don't even think about grabbing it. And we're still looking at it, you know, beautiful 
wolf on all fours that stands up and to and starts continuing to run like a person and so now we're yeah uh so, you know now we're really just awestruck and we drive by and you know there it goes and I, i'm thinking to stop the car i got my kids in the back my girlfriend's right there she's telling oh, me no, no, no yeah no. you got the family uh, until the gopro was right there really just grabbing start filming i would have got it but it See, my, when it yeah. was in front of the vehicle in all fours there was nothing odd about it it was a natural right. wool there was yeah, nothing abnormal it never would have got up and on two legs. I would have thought it was just a wolf here in lower right, Michigan, right. which would have been little... odd and incredible of itself. But it got up and it ran like a person. And my girlfriend seen it. And I asked her, you know, what did you see? Did you see it running and stuff? And she said she had, at first, she thought it was a person on a bike because she seen it. It was standing up on the side of the road, she said. And then it got down on all fours. And for some reason, with the reflection and the way it was rotating, she thought it was a a bike person on a bike until it had crossed and she realized it was you know a canine and and then it got up and ran so she was really didn't know what to think uh, yeah it crossed on purpose you know it could have waited for our car it didn't have to do it and you know it was really That's, running you know yeah that part is bizarre it's like to what purpose it's like hey look at me yeah, it's just weird. It had a look like, you know, like, you know, when a, you're chasing your dog and your dog's really gets hammering to the metal. Oh, like yeah. He, he crossed that road look, and looked at us, and my girlfriend said, like, she felt like it looked through her, is what she said. Like, it looked, like, it knew exactly where she was at and was looking through her, is what the feeling she got. Oh, yeah. And so I've this is... That heard that before and and i would tell you that if i met yeah. my wife and we had the kids in the back and she'd seen that and i'm thinking hey let's slow down i'm gonna get the camera out there'd have been a lot of screaming and yelling on her part that we're not stopping you know we're, we're gonna continue to go on uh forward so props to her for holding it together because i think my wife would have been a little a little beside herself and my I, wife has seen ghosts but nothing yeah. like that i i would have filmed see when we, when it stood up and stuff we were about side to side, so we're looking out the passenger window and we see it stand up. And by that time, we're, I'm already passing it. If I would have seen it stand up and I was still in front of it, I would have slammed down the brakes and I probably would have got out and started filming it. For, oh, probably chased no. after, honestly, because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but after he drove and it's like, oh, I'm already past it. And I, I'm looking at her, and it, it was a no go. It was it no. Was not I'm with you. That's the other account I was going to share with you. You know, seeing something on off of one uh, ninety four. Uh, going west and there's a few farms uh, just you know going west of Kalamazoo and some of them have ponds now we've had some droughts so a lot of the ponds are down now and this particular pond I'm going to say it's in anywhere between I don't want to give it away uh, to have everybody out there crashing this guy's farm but um, it's it's in between let's say Pawpaw and um Oh, geez. What's the other town that's down there? I used to go down to all the time. Anyway, it's in between Papa and let's say, uh, oh, what's farther south? Past Lawrence and Hartford. What's that town there? Um, anyway, so it's going west. Um, we're traveling. We're doing about 55. We're behind this car. We're getting a little irritated. Uh, there's people next to us. And I'm thinking we got to get around this guy because, you know, let's do 65, 70, right? Um, we come up on this area. I happen to not be driving this this trip. 
And I'm just looking out the window. And as I said, I'm always watching for stuff. I'm just enjoying the beauty. Love farmland. Love woods. As we get to the to this clearing of trees, there's this pond and there's this farm that backs up to the highway. And as I'm looking, as 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 fast as this happened, like you said, time slows down when you witness things. And I'm looking and I see this broad-shouldered, reddish-brown hair thing standing in its up to its waist in this lichen-covered pond. And yet I can see to the left of it where it came in the water. No kidding. And as its back is to me, I see huge arms moving, and it's doing something. I don't see them stretched out, but I see, like, the back of the arms are massive. And it's doing something, and it looks like it's got the cone head, and it's looking like, like it's, you know, it's looking down at something. We go by, and I'm freaking the hell out, and I'm trying to yell at my partner to look. And he had also turned at that time and said he saw that just for the brief second. And I said, that's not a deer in the middle of the pond because of the coloring. And he said, that was no damn deer. So we actually went up to the police turnaround and broke the law and turned around, went all the way back, found the other turnaround, and then came back up to where we spotted this. And obviously it must have been aware people were seeing it because if I remember right, when I spotted it and I was talking to him, the lady in front of us had slowed down more and so did everybody by us. I think they all saw this thing. And so... When we got back around there, we pulled off to the side. Now I could see where in the lichen on top of the pond it had been separated and it went off into the trees and it's like a marshy bog before it gets into the, mm -hmm. the dry part of the trees and there's nothing. I don't see anything. Now, and I'm prepared. To, I'd take a lie detector test. I'm prepared to tell people this thing was massive, dude. It was huge and broad daylight, you know. Uh, right by a highway of all things, which really threw me because I thought that's not something that you hear all the time. And uh, it obviously became aware and it left through the trees rather quickly, whatever it was. But uh, I won't forget it. Like you, I'm sure your encounters like it happened yesterday and I could draw it. You know, I'm an artist. I could draw it. And that's my story, um, <laughs> at least about that encounter, uh, Blake. And I don't know if you've heard other reports like that off of highways and roads where it's just open um, daylight. Uh, I think that the one you encountered there's is the famous one in Kalamazoo, right? Off the highway, is that right? There or could they, be. Could be in I, that area. Uh, I think there was, yeah, there was one on north um, going towards Cal, uh, Grand Rapids. I can't remember the highway right there. Um, that's, that's 131. Yeah. Up that, yeah, I went up up there, there was one uh, part off the highway, kind of same kind of thing. People were spotting it and stuff. Yeah, um, highways are very unique uh, spots because um, they're barriers for humans that can't cross them. Right there, you know, and um, it's very loud and stuff. So it's very loud sound and stuff to hang out at. And um, if you're hunting and stuff, you can't shoot towards a highway and you usually yeah. can't be hunting next to a highway either. Making sense. So they're very vital points and stuff. And uh, a lot of people don't go next to highways and stuff for a lot of reasons. And, and so they definitely utilize those spots and are next to highways most certainly and, uh, and cross them. Very fastly, very fast. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, and I get animated when I tell that story because I was pretty damn excited. 
You know, I mean, it's just, that's not like the dark one I saw. This was just, I mean, I, I could have, if, if we were going slow enough and I had seen it, I probably could have thrown something out of the car and smacked it in the back of the head. Uh, that's mm-hmm. how far away it was, you know, with the fence, you know, barriers down that ditch. But, uh, uh, the other thing, when I get with you personally, I hope that we can connect personally. Um, I have some photos to share uh, with you from Gaylord. Now, a lot of you who follow me on Facebook, if you go to Southern Michigan Paranormals on Facebook, you'll see I've shared these these photos. Now, I've got a couple. I have a few more I'm trying to locate in one of my cameras because I got a, a, a compromised uh, flash card, so I'm trying to recover some of these pics. Um, I'm on a logging road, Blake, in Gaylord. And there's, you know, the forestry areas on both sides of north part of Gaylord uh, and middle of Gaylord. And um, my buddy Boz works for an oil company up there. So you have to have access to these roads. And we could drive his big truck back there, big old monster truck. And he was telling me that he drives down there at night sometimes uh, because he's got to go out there and check certain areas. The county is responsible for keeping those logging roads uh, open. And what happens is they've got power lines out there and some of these guys who go out there to repair that and do some of the work, do it in daylight hours, but they're still, they're seeing weird things. And I was aware of a lot of accounts up there in that area. And he said, I want you to see some tree stuff because you're into this Bigfoot thing. Um, you probably know what I'm talking about. So as we get back in there, we had a moon, a full moon that night. This is in June of last year. Um, it was beautiful because we could turn the truck off and we got in there a couple miles where when clouds and stuff would move past the moon, it would, you could see the canopy in the forest moving. It was just magical. And like you, we can hear raccoons moving around, all the natural stuff. Well, we got to a point where nothing, everything stops. I mean, you hear nothing. Um, I won't say that I smelled anything because I, I didn't. But he took me up to a spot where on both sides of this, this logging road, and we're past a, a private property. There's one or two private properties where I'll spot a gate, and there's a uh, like a rough dirt road that goes back to people who have like fishing cabins and, and crap right. back there. So we get a, a little bit beyond that, and there's a couple turnarounds. As he stops, he, we both have big, huge tactical lights that we use. Um, he lights up my side. He goes, do you see that up there about 50 yards off the, the road going up this hill? And this hill is, I can't, I'm not going to run up that hill. I mean, I can't because I'm old and, you know, but I mean, it's not for humans, you know, to be running up this hill. But there's still enough open brush in June that I can kind of go up in there. So I got out of the truck, which he was a little leery of. And, and I'm probably like you, I'm not afraid to get out. And, and if I see something, then, you know, I see it. So I walked in a little bit, and as I, I, I spied it, I took a picture with my phone. And what I witnessed was there were huge trees, and I'm going to show you on camera, those people watching, and I would probably say that diameter. Um, and there were a few of them that were, were separated. Now, I know that hunters will make barriers sometimes. They hide behind them out there, but you can't hunt on this land. You, it, it, you can't, not allowed. Right. So what I witnessed, though, that there were saplings about like this that were, you could tell where they still had the roots on the end of them. Like somebody just yanked them out of the ground and there were, they were woven in between these trees, these saplings. And they went up about a good, I don't know, maybe five, 
five and a half foot. And then off next to it, I would see this number. And I know you've seen this. They were huge trees. They had been bent over. And then they're about eight, nine feet in the air. And they, they had another sapling and strips of stuff where it was tied off. And I'm looking around frantically for footprints and all sorts of stuff because I'm excited. I'm thinking nobody's going to be out here hoaxing this. And you're definitely not going to have the strength. It'd take 10 of us, 20 of us to pull two of those trees over that the size that these trees were. Um, and they were bent over eight, nine feet in the air and they're tied together. So I have a couple photos. I, when we we meet, I'll share with you. I'm just not sure. Yeah. And then it was a farther ways up. There was some on that side too. And I've often took that from researching that it was markers to like, stay the hell out. I, I don't know. I'm just sharing yeah, with you. Yeah, it's something. Uh, it's not human made. I don't think it's human made at all. I can't bend trees like that. I, f I consider myself a, a bigger, stronger guy, but I. It just it just didn't look. It's not human. It's not human, man. I'm telling you. And he said, "There's none of these guys will go up there at night if there's a power line down. Well, it's down till tomorrow morning, uh, <laughs> you know, because they <laughs> they have heard and seen things out there, and and I don't blame it. And Boz, uh, David Boswood, my partner. Um, we worked together for years at Kalamazoo College and did security together for years. And um, he's not one for fanciful stories. And that road that's near where you turn off to get into that forestry area, um, I'm going to have Boz on the show to share his, his story. He still will not drive that by himself because there was a night he got done working with me. And he drove all the way back up there because he had the weekend off. And he sat on his way home to cut through on that road. That's where he had his dogman thing where he's also spotted something on the road which stood up and looked at him and ran into the woods um he said up there they kind of called it the dog face boy that was just their nickname for it and he said mm -hmm. uh, i got a rifle in the back of the truck you know hanging up and he said I, it just scared the, the, the crap out of him so bad he turned around and he still won't go up that road at night now he went wow. up a little ways with me because i'm there with him but he won't he won't go in there yeah it's a crazy story but I'd wondered if you guys had thought about making trips up there or maybe doing a camping trip. Because if not, hell, I'll get with you and maybe we'll put something together and go up. Yeah, be a lot uh, of fun. We've been uh, we've, we've been all over the state. We've been uh, up there and stuff, and uh, you know, there's a lot of great spots all over Michigan. And you know, right. it's not surprising that you know you hear very similar stories about some of these oil fields and these utility workers are are, are very cautious about going into some of these places after dark. Because oh, yeah. they do see stuff, they do know about these Bigfoot or other creatures in there, and it's kind of a normal understanding that you know they don't mess with them and they generally don't get messed with. Yeah. But uh, after hours and stuff, it seems like that kind of goes out the window. So they they don't like to go out there after dark. Yeah, it's kind of strange. It's I have strange. heard that before. And uh, well, yeah, like I said, it's been it's been great to have you on here and I'd like you to come back for a second interview because I want to talk about lake monsters cuz I think Lake Michigan and all the great lakes have them and I think oh, yeah. you know yeah. um and maybe a little bit of UFO. I don't know that you're into that but uh, it's not so much cryptid but you, yeah. you brought up you brought up orbs and some different things and I think there's some I think there's some connections there too. Who knows? You know, who knows. Uh, I think we as human beings really think we have all the answers because hey as far as physics go we've we've discovered everything there's no exactly. more to discover and that's a bunch of hoo-ha so it's uh you know uh i'm a guy that keeps his mind open but um you do a podcast and i catch that when i can 
if I don't catch it live, I go, I go to your page and um, I watch just so you know. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you, uh, how they can join, which I've joined, uh, the conservatory and um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you can go to YouTube, uh, Lost Cryptos Conservatory is the channel. And we do a, uh, a late, late night show, usually on Saturdays of the weekend, uh, usually around 11 p.m. because of uh, kids and stuff now. But uh, 10 or 11, depends on if I have guests and stuff. But uh, also find us on uh, Facebook. We have a Facebook page, it's the same name, and also a Facebook group, the Lost Cryptos Conservatory. And uh, and there we kind of post a, a bunch of different stuff from uh, ancient architecture, lost treasures, civilization stuff to uh, cryptids and kind of all over the place. And uh, I would definitely be happy to come back on. I, I got a, a number of more Bigfoot encounters, and I actually have uh, a little bit of UFOs encounters. I oh. filmed one. It's on the YouTube channel. And um, so, yeah, I'd love to come back on and uh, – and also plan some outings and stuff and and uh yeah definitely get the ball rolling on that yeah i want to meet you in person like i said i'm not trying to you know stalk you or push myself on you uh i i'm a like-minded interested guy and i like what you do um and i definitely want to give you an invite uh right here live on air uh we're doing a thing called ghost of rama uh august 20th in hartford michigan at the van buren poorhouse museum which is a very haunted location um, there's been reports of Squatch over there. Um, and I would like to have you there um, as, as one of my paranormal guests, if you will, and uh, give you a 10 by 10 space, bring a canopy, a table, and a couple chairs, and uh, you guys uh, come on out and talk about your encounters or what you do. That's an invite. You don't have to, but I'd like to throw that invite to you to have you there. Um, other paranormal people are going to be there. It's a great way to network um you know to to what you do so you have that invite i appreciate that yeah oh love to yeah. have you there and and meet you in person and i i would love to just sh really shut my mouth and and actually just have you talk to me and share things with me and there's so much more i have to learn because you know reading the books and being into it i've just not gone on a hunt i'm comfortable in the woods i camp all the time um i'm into bushcraft i mean i do a lot of different things so like you I'm I'm at home out there. I'm I'm in tune with a lot of weird, weird things, you know. And um, I know I just like to get together with. It. I'd like to join, you know, more of your conservatory stuff. And uh, maybe maybe we talk and maybe we put on an event that you'd like to do. Do you have an event that you guys are talking about doing or anything that's coming up? Um, no, no, not really. We we're uh, we kind of took a st step back because of uh, the other situation learned last year. And yeah, uh, yeah. We're looking into some stuff, so I, I'm not going to say anything that is not finalized. You're a very wise man. You know, may, again, maybe we'll talk. Maybe we'll, we'll, I don't know if you're into it. Maybe we'll put something together because I think yeah, what you're doing it. Yeah. The, the way that you're doing this and I respect it and you know, you, you're very honest and forthright. Plus you're preaching it. And, and I love the fact that you don't mind just saying what you feel. I'm the same kind of guy. You know, I'm I'm a hero. I think you're probably the same way, aren't you, Blake? You're a hero in some people's book, and maybe the bad guy in other people's. Yeah, yeah. Because we're yeah. just we just don't I'm like the BS, man. Yeah. Right, right. I just don't, I can't I cannot handle the BS with a lot of this stuff, and uh, I've been outspoken about it. Um, uh, Blake, it has been wonderful. I'm sorry that it, it has been an up and down communication with us and in what happened last night, but 
Um, I'd like to have you on, you know, again, uh, let's say next month and I'll put together some dates for you and, okay. and I don't mind staying up late. I'm up half the damn night anyway. I'm retired by the way. So I'm, I'm up listening to coast to coast and just up till two or three in the morning. Um, everybody, uh, this has been, uh, Blake, uh, and, uh, he heads up the conservatory and, uh, you know, I, I'm at a loss of words. Uh, it's rare that I get, I guess, uh, dumbfounded when I respect somebody so much. And I've had a thing, cause like I said, I've been stalking you for a while, uh, watching well, the stuff, so to that. speak. I appreciate the kind well, of words. You know, you know, yeah. And please subscribe and go watch the stuff. Um, other offer I'll throw out to you real quick before we say goodbye and good night to everybody. Um, is that here on my network, you know, as you see it down below the unrestricted paranormal, if you'd like me to show some of your stuff on the network that costs you a dime, I'm always out here to network my friends to share their, share their stuff. You let me know off, off air, um, if you're comfortable with that or not. And I would like to get the word out and share more of your stuff, uh, because also, being hooked up with my network and unrestrictedradio.com, uh, audio-wise, anyway, um, 520,000 potential listeners any given day, any weekend, because we're on Reverb Nation and we go out international. So um, there you have that. Um, thanks for being with us, Blake. I really appreciate it. I want to remind everybody that um, coming up uh, this uh, next couple of weeks, we've got a lot of special guests. Hopefully, Blake will start tuning into the show, right? Oh, but yeah. you, don't, you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to. No, I, I definitely um, am going to be checking you guys out a lot more. Um, I already have a, a little bit, but uh, a lot more. Now. Yeah, yeah. I've had some interesting people on. Uh, next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. Uh, I've got uh, Yvonne Glasgow coming on uh, next week. Uh, she is a seer, psychic medium. Uh, you know, I had Christy Robinette on, who's a very personal friend of mine, does the same thing. This lady is from uh, Hartford, Michigan. And so we're going to talk to her. She's going to be one of our guests at uh, Ghost Rama. Um, I am also going to be talking to June Lundgren. June is coming back for part two, uh, a revisit here on the program. June is one of the people retired from the United States Army. If you've seen the, the movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats, uh, June was part of that program. Uh, so uh, she sees ghosts. And I mean, she's just an interesting person. She even said some, told me some really strange things about me which I can't wait to have her on again. Um, and then next, uh, the last uh, weekend, or excuse me, the last Monday uh, coming up on the 28th, we're going to have Dr. Lynch back again, PhD. He's our physicist friend who will tell all of us about all the different alien beings that live here and all this other stuff that he's into. Uh, and Bigfoot. He, he actually went out on a Bigfoot excursion last year. Uh, and he rushed home to be on our show, Blake. So, and, and we never even got to talking about Bigfoot because you get him on Aliens, it's over. That's it. Yeah, it's, that's it. It was a two-hour show, and I let him go. Um, so I appreciate everybody joining us here on, on uh, this episode. And uh, I want to remind you that not only is Ghost of Rama happened, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you about Frankenfest. Now, I was there last year. I'm going to be there this year, Frankenfest in Lansing, Michigan, June 25th, 2022. Um, I can put you in touch with them too. Again, Blake, if you want to be at that as well. Uh, yes. This is a, a celebration of all things Frankenstein, classic monsters. It's much of a little bit of what Ghost of Rama is, where we've got Comic-Con, paranormal people there, uh, vendors, car show, the whole schmeal. And that's at the Turner Dodge House 
in Lansing, Lansing, Michigan. Okay. That's a very haunted mansion. Uh, Lansing, uh, June 25th, 2022. The next Frankenfest is later on in September, September 17th, 2022. And that's at historic Fort Wayne in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, for more information, go to frankenfest.com. And uh, you guys can click on that and get all the info you need. Goes to Rama, August 20th, 1 uh, p.m. to 7 p.m. in Hartford, Michigan at the Van Buren Poorhouse Museum. If you know anybody, Blake, that, that's a vendor that likes to, that makes goods, I don't care if they're sewing kitten socks. Um, if they sell an item, <laughs> get it, let them know. Put them in touch with me. You guys can all reach me at smpkazoo, smpkazoo. Um, at yahoo.com and uh, we'll hook them up because it's only 35 bucks for a vendor spot guys $35 tell me what tell me what paranormal con or any event you can pay that amount to get a 10 by 10 space you uh, can't so hard pressed it is very hard pressed and so you know you bring your table your chairs you sell your goods you talk whatever it is you're going to do we'd love to have you and plus we're raising money for the museum it's a good cost all right uh, this is Dan. I'm signing off, and I want to thank you again, Blake, for being here on the show. Uh, I look forward to sharing phone numbers and, and getting to meet each other and talk. Um, maybe go out with you, and you come out with me, and we trade we oh, trade yeah. some secrets and, and some fun times. Um, I, I tell everybody this. You know this is how I end the show. Um, keep your eyes to the sky. Happy haunting. And if you cannot be kinder and smarter... Okay, if you cannot be kinder and smarter, please, please be quieter. All right, we will talk to you again uh, next time here on the program. 